You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gate 7 International Podcast slash show slash whatever the hell this is. But anyway, we just finished watching Atalata Olympiacos in the Bergamo. And yeah, that, that went better than I thought. But the way it went was a bit heartbreaking. I don't know. Well, I have our friend Cosas Lianos here to talk about it, to get into all of the problems whatever happened it's late in greece i'm sorry this is late i got trapped you know when you're watching the game with people and then you're just getting into the game ends and everyone talks and blah 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 you know well that happened <laughs> uh, i couldn't escape but it was okay it was a good conversation we, we were talking about olympiacos's biggest losses away in europe and that we didn't suffer one of those tonight so that was a fun conversation especially after losing as well but you know Tonight, I think better went better than anyone uh, could have expected. I see the comment all the way from Manolis right away saying we underestimated ourselves. I don't know, man. I really think we, with what we've seen this season, I think we gave ourselves a fair estimate. I just think tonight things came off in the first half for Olympiacos. It was such a fast game. It was a very tense game. End to end, I was very surprised. Uh, Costa, I don't know if you agree with me, but it was the first 45 minutes was fantastic football to watch. Like the best Olympiacos game I think I've watched all season, like football wise. Like if you were just a random guy and you're in the pub and you see Olympiacos Atalanta and you're like, oh wow, this was a decent game of football. I, I don't know if you would agree, but I thought it was a fantastic game of football, like by both sides in the first 45 minutes at least. Well, let's take it from the top. Uh, Atalanta used their usual 3-4-2-1 uh, formation with a lot of uh, key absences. Duvan Zapata wasn't there. Josip Pilicic obviously wasn't there. Uh, they started with Musso in goal. Toloi, Demiral and Jim City uh, in defense. Mele mm -hmm. and Petzela at wingback. Deron and Pesina teaming up in midfield. Malinovsky and Pasalic playing behind Muriel who led the attack. And Olympiacos started with a 3-4-3 that led to quite a few heart attacks uh, within the Olympiacos community. Yeah. Shock. A shock formation, I think, uh, for all. A shock formation, the, 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 the least successful formation of the season, uh, with Thomas Vatslik in goal, Papsise, Kostas Manola, Sokratz, Papastathopoulos teaming up in defense, Lala and Reabchuk, uh, the legendary wingbacks, uh, <laughs> Agibuka Marain and Vila in uh, midfield. Masura Sonyekuru on the wings and Tikinio leading the attack. Mm. Uh, I got to agree with you. Uh, out of all the games we've seen Olympiacos this season, I, in my opinion, I haven't seen all of the games, but you got to keep things into perspective. You're playing Atalanta right now. It's very different than playing Asteras Tripolis, extremely different. That is the only time I noticed the 3-4-3 formation actually paying dividends in this case. 
the lines were close together. The pressure, I'll tell you what, we had Yorgos, we had Yorgos Tsanakas the other day, a Serie A expert from Greece, who knows everything there is about Atalanta. And he told us one thing. The uh, the trio, the defensive trio of Atalanta are very bad with the ball on their feet, as we saw tonight. But it's not a good idea to press high up because they link so well with midfield that they build up and they find the spaces that you've left behind and they put together such a lethal counterattack, they can kill you within a few minutes. Olympiakos did not listen to Yorzanakas' uh, advice, but still didn't leave any spaces open in the back. Even when Atalanta managed to get an attack going, the back three of Olympiakos would link perfectly with the two midfielders and the Reabchuk as well as Lala when they, uh, when, they, when they ran back, and there were no spaces in there. What really killed Olympiakos today were the set pieces. And it's very ironic because Yorgos Tsanakas told us that Atalanta struggle when they defend in set pieces. Mm. And uh, it was the other way around tonight. I also think, someone can correct us, but I think they're rated as one of the worst attacking set piece teams in Italy. Like, is that correct? Did someone say that? Yeah. It is. I don't know. They didn't I look there. God damn it. Did they? Jesus. Those Cedres from the corners were fantastic. I, um, we, I was watching it with Greek crowd. Like, what would you expect? And someone said, like, you know what I mean? Like, every single corner was a chance. Like, Malinovsky, as well as Muriel, were sending these balls in so damn fine. Like, well done. And the attackers were getting on them. I was sitting there and I was just like, Jesus, like this was incredible to watch. Like to think that they're one of the worst teams. It's a pieces. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I don't know. To be fair, I mean, this is Atalanta. The, the way Atalanta played, the way we expected Atalanta to play, Olympiacos handled it very well, really. The back the back three was rock solid, and that's gonna be an it's issue. Very because- good. We won't have that back three in the return like Socrates Papastathopoulos has been suspended. I no, hope there's not going to really? be a back three. I hope there's I... not going to be a back because of the yellow card. I hope there's no, not going to be I a back. See that. Oh, I hope there's shit. not going to be a back three in the uh, in the Karaiskaki game because that means Ba comes on. So I would imagine probably a 4-3-3 would be in the works for that game. Yeah. But really, in terms of how Olympiacos played, it worked. That system mm-hmm. worked. There were counterattacks. The pressure was paying off without Atalanta getting on the counterattack and, ca- and causing trouble uh, in, in the counterattack. I don't. Obviously, Olympiaco started this as the underdogs. We knew this from the get-go. Atalanta were the favorites, but we just realized tonight that they're not their favorites, but not by much. Surely, mm. the lack of the away goal makes it even harder for Olympiacos. I mean, if this was last year, we'd be talking about a very positive result, all things considered. Because you're going to the Karaiskaki, you know, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be fiery, it's gonna be passionate. Olympiacos can get a goal, and then you know they can just, you know, if they keep the lines together, they can throw them out. But now, even if Olympiacos do get a goal, they're still gonna have to keep fighting. Because yeah. if it goes to Atalanta stop, will score in the Karaiskaki, though. Like, I think it's impossible to hold the zero with this team. Like, um, the only thing I will say, I think I believe Luis Maria Luis Maria Muriel. Was injured at halftime. I think the way he was playing, I don't think you take him off. Like, and I saw, I don't know if you saw, but one corner in the first half, he was grabbing his left hamstring, I want to say. And I, 
and that's something like I do when I play football when I'm trying to like make a fake injury, like, oh, I missed the goal, let me grab the leg. But like he's a real footballer and it looks more serious. So um I don't know. I I um I was reading some messages and um some people were saying maybe he's injured, blah blah blah. I don't know. Um to be honest with you, the guy who came in, um the new signing from Sassuolo, I think it was Bonga. Is that his name? Bonga. It was uh, basically. I don't know what happened with Luis Muriel, but uh, the two the two substitutions Gian Piero Gasperini made in Jeremy Boga, who's the guy you're looking for, and Toyn Cope Miners, they really Fantastic. paid off. So I'm not too sure if he was injured. I think Gasperini knew what he was doing. But this guy, this guy who came on the, uh, the Boga. I think he wears a number ten. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I think Manolas went shoulder to shoulder with him, and you typically would see a player fall you know, for foul. Just bounces off him, gets the ball on the right, and put that shot onto Vatchlik where he made the nice save to party it away. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, like this is a player you don't see very often. Like, what a beautiful player to do something. Like, I, I think when you're an Olympiacos fan like we are, when you watch so many games, Olympiacos, Asteras, Tripolis, Olympiacos, even Ike, Olympiacos, Pauk. You kind of forget beautiful football when you watch Olympiacos sometimes. Like, that's not to degrade our football, say we're a bad team. But tonight, you were watching a team that knows how to play football. And you were just, I, I don't know about you, but I was sitting in the back of my seat. I was like, this is fantastic to watch, you know, like. The passes were hard and fast. They knew exactly what they were doing. There was no, like, we're passing back, we're holding possession. Like, Greek teams do this all the time when they're playing. Like, passing just a pass. Every single pass Atalanta makes, and okay, they don't come off every time, were fast, direct, and with purpose. And it was just, it's a team you watch and you're like, wow, this is, I see why Italians... Any Italian you'll speak to who watches Serie A, come on, it's like fantastic football we watched tonight. I I will say that Olympiacos did well to match it, but Olympiacos and Pedro Martins, I think, knew this football would be played, but they also took advantage of it. I think there were clear openings at the back. You you talked about it, and uh, Jorgos talked about it in our pregame about the pressing. Maybe it's not a good idea, but you could say that <laughs> mosquito come to get you mosquitoes. we got mosquitoes here <laughs> but uh but um i don't know i thought okay olympiacos gave good pressure and that's something i i want to talk to when adi when adi comes on and maybe he's gonna come on in one second yana dume but um I thought Olympiacos gave a good press today for the first 30 to 45 minutes. And I'm interested to see because Adi has that press graphic. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those he does. Let's have but a little heat graph. Olympiacos pressed very well tonight. Like better. I would say I'm really struggling because I want to say they pressed really good tonight, but they really pressed really good until the 45th minute, I want to say. And then that second half, like, you know what I mean? It, it was, it was different. And. I don't know. Olympiacos played the best game they could in the first 45 minutes. And I'll throw this to you before I want to start a big thing. This, I think Pedro Martins has done a fantastic job with Olympiacos, but this is where he stops him from reaching the high end coaches of Olympiacos. That killer sub, you know, 
we needed a sub there at the 50th minute, the 55th minute. You could just feel the goal was coming, Costa. You know what I mean? Like, And Pedro Martins didn't do it until we conceded the two goals, you know? And All you were managers. just kind of... Yeah, you, you're just kind of like, come on, just make that sub in the 60th minute. We need it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, all I'm gonna, and, if I may add on the whole manager thing, I mean, go, Pedro go Martins go. is officially one of the most legendary managers Olympiacos have ever of had. If you look at all the other previous legendary managers they've had, like Dusan Bajevic and Ernesto Valverde, they also had pet peeves. Dusan Bajevic and Ernesto Valverde were known as quite to be quite bot- quite a couple of bottlers. Dusan Bajevic bottled the game with Juventus in 1999 at the Oaxaca. He bottled the Liverpool game at Anfield. And Ernesto Valverde, he bottled that game with, uh, what was their name? Metalist. Metalist was, his, was their name? Metalist? The one that eliminated Olympiacos. Ari, Europa what was League. the name? Metalist? Metalist Karki. Why did you bring that yeah. up, man? I come anyway. Because, to bring because up he, he insinuated that, uh, that Pedro Martins is not going to be in the upper echelon of Olympiacos managers, and I had to correct <laughs> that. Yeah, but I will say, um, I'm not blaming Pedro Martins. I think he set up... I I freaking told all of you how important Henry Onyekuru would be in these games. I, I even said, I think I said something like, Olympiacos will go through if Henry Onyekuru plays well like I think he's that important and I still will repeat that if Olympiacos is going to go through with Atalanta Henry Onyekuru will be part of procrecy in my opinion I think I th- I think Olympiacos does not have a player like this and um like I know he's shit I know he's not good but he can run and he can dribble, and sometimes he can give an easy pass. And you know what? God damn it. I didn't need to see this right now. Hassan. It's Kuka, not Coca. <laughs> Coca. Kuka. It's Coca-Cola with Greek spelling. Come on. Who wrote this, man? Come on. Coca-Cola. But And nobody calls him that. Called him that in Greece ever. And that's his nickname. Yeah, I... Everybody calls him like that except in Greece. I did yeah, Hassan, the, but for the audio guys, uh, Ahmed Hassan left us a little comment. Needed me in that last minute free kick <laughs> question mark. <laughs> Love it. Shit. Oh, so Adi, said, what the hell? Yeah. What did you make of this? Adi, I I was beating a dead horse. I think I I go look, go go. I um for look for me in the first half i saw a lot of what i what i expected well the game ended how i expected i said it was going to be a 2-1 loss it me was too. a little bit different context i thought we were going to get a wonder strike from agibu kamara it came from tikinho instead uh the first half again i saw what i liked i thought there were things we did well it was a nice little mid block and then when we had numbers forward we actually pressed and i thought we did it pretty well we completely we completely jumbled up what they tried to do. But then the problem was the adjustment that they made in the second half was we didn't really have an answer. And it seemed to me like we immediately went to Martins's super pessimistic. You know what? We've got the one, nothing. Let's just hold this. And I hate that. I really do. And that's what it felt like we saw. Some of it was they just came out with a much more aggressive approach and mentality. But I also saw we weren't, it wasn't, a, a much of a mid block anymore. It was a low block. People were sitting deeper. We were sitting back. And I, I hate that. I, I said it with Mike. I brought it up to him and I said it in previous episodes leading up to this. My biggest concern 
with especially if we pay the three four three, is that at some point I'm worried we're going to sit too deep and invite pressure because if we do that, we are just going to get hit after hit after hit against us, and we're going to concede. And that's exactly what happened today. We played against one of the crappiest teams in Serie A when it comes to set pieces, and we conceded double what they've had already this season for set pieces. It's not good. It's not a good look. So I don't know. Uh, look, I, I'm not upset overall. This is about what I expected. But it's just like when we were performing and and it, we were you're up one nothing. You're disappointed to see it kind of just fall away from you in the manner that it did, uh, and a little too slow to start with the subs. I was at eight minutes into the second half. I was like, guys, th- this is not going well. We something needs to change because we don't have an answer for this. You know, ten then it's ten minutes. Oh God. You know what I mean? Then we start getting to that 15-minute mark right before the goal. And I'm like, guys, this is getting worse and worse and worse. First goal. All right. After that first goal, I'm making some changes because it's not working. He waited. And then we copped a second goal. And then that's when the changes came. And I hate this. This has been like all season, especially in Europe. It's too slow. It's way all too slow. Martins, always with Martins, it's always been like this. The changes are always slow. I'll put that out there. Like, I thought he yeah. – I think – Pedro Martins such a good manager, but this is really a big flaw of his. I, I really think sometimes he's got the little tablet. I don't know what the little tablet shows because the little tablet on my screen, which I'm watching, is like, make a change now. And um, I don't know. I I, <clears throat> I think the game, I, I think you're exactly right, Adi. It was, it, it, that's in the first 30 minutes. The game was so open the first 45 minutes, you know, and Atalanta could have scored just as much as Olympiacos could score. If Henry Onyekuru can play football and Oleg Reubchuk can pass a football, like Olympiacos could have scored another goal. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know, but it it, it was clear by 55. Gasperini watched the first 45 minutes and said, okay, this and this needs to be done and we can change this game and go win it. And that's exactly what he did. Like, that's what a good manager sees. Pedro Martin said it should have thought, okay, the first 45 minutes were good. Good. We're going to keep as we set up. 55 minutes hit, 60 minutes hits. And he goes, okay, Gasperini has made subs. Things are not working for us. We need to we need to change the game plan. And he didn't do it. So I, I don't know. I think that is a flaw of Pedro Martins, you know? Responding to other managers' changes, I think, is difficult for him. But it is. I'm not going to well, complain tonight about Martins, you know. So, well, uh, personally, the only I get what you're saying, but after the two-one, after Team City's second goal, I think Martins approached the game in a correct manner because it was yeah. extremely important not to push you can see the third the attack. Yeah, yeah the, the third, third was game. That be that be our yeah. IP, right? That be game set match. That be over. Right there. Another thing, though, I do need to say is that uh, I am a bit disappointed with that Onyekuru shot. That not only did he miss, he didn't even come close to the, the left foot. Yeah, that was bad. There was the other incident where Madika Mara passed the ball to Agibu and he didn't get a good Oof, a good yeah. touch. Those two moments were very critical into this match, and Atalanta were also pretty lucky not to concede there. That's something Olympiacos don't need to work on. Olympiacos cannot waste chances. At the Karaiskaki, and we had Yoros Tanakas. I keep mentioning all the time. That's I hope that's the last time I'm gonna mention because it's getting weird mentioning him all the time. But he is a brilliant journalist, and he I, I consider him a Serie A expert. 
he did tell us and he made it clear that the real battle begins now. Atalanta flourish away because that's where the opponent opens up. That's where they attack. And now Olympiacos have to attack. They need to score. And if they're not careful in keeping the lines together, like they did tonight, in Bergamo they did a great job keeping the lines together at open play. If they fail to replicate that, Atalanta not only can score a goal at the Karaskaiki, they can rip Olympiacos apart. Now mm. the real fight begins. This, yeah. The Karaskaiki is not going to be easier. It's going to be actually a tougher game. Yeah, but one at least one thing that um, I will take that a little bit of positive kind of going into this game in Greece is that we really saw, uh, and I think uh, Yorgos said it when you guys talked to him, and Mike said the same thing when I talked to him from IFTV, is that there is an opportunity. The vulnerability is in the in the center backs because they Atalanta gets very aggressive to the point where they push bodies forward, push bodies forward, yeah. and that creates opportunities because that's where the opportunity that Madi gave to Agibu came from. They had probably too many bodies pushed forward than they should have, and that gave that space there. That gave him that opportunity. We saw that in the first half too. So there, this isn't an un what's the word I'm looking for? This isn't an unbeatable task, right? This team has weaknesses. They, not to say they're not a great team. They are an incredible team. And you saw when they were in stride and when they were playing their game, my God, it didn't look like we could do much about it. But yeah. they have vulnerabilities. And all in all, if we're talk, if we're taking the game as a whole, our defensive unit did pretty well. What annoyed me was like the the... The well, the zonal marking we we shit on it a lot, but it was okay most of the time. But there were just a lot of times where the the communication broke down, and we that's when we knew that something was the first happen. corner. They just walked in. the The yep. second one was like clear mental yep. lapse, but the first one was just like, yep, the system failed. Like I was kept watching it, and I was like, is it Cisse not attacking the ball? Was it Onyakuru frozen? Like. And it was just like a gap, I think. I don't think, yeah. Was it who was to blame? Like, very difficult for me to decide. It was, as I was telling Tosa before breakdown. you came on, Adi, like the balls they were whipping in on these corners was like gorgeous placement, just beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully I, done. Like, location. I, I I was watching this. I'm like, I haven't seen Olympiaco send such a nice corner in like three years. Like, what the hell? And nope. and I, Costa and I were talking about it. Atalanta supposedly like one of the worst teams in Serie A for from set pieces. I was like, how yep. the hell is this possible? <laughs> like with this guy Malenkovsky and Muriel sending balls in. Like, are you kidding? Um, yeah. It's incredible. And also, I see this comment. We have Italians here tonight. I'm guessing this is like about defending, like one shot on target at 15. Whatever. Something about the referee like, as well. I think. Yeah, surprisingly, but an Italian. De- are like upset about a team defending. I just, the irony doesn't pass me. Just an Italian actually like crying about another team defending and parking the right. bus. Like, <laughs> can, can we, can we just bring that up? Okay. Sorry. Mate. But we, <laughs> like, we also have yeah. another issue that we saw in tonight's game. And that is that Yorgos told us that uh, Atalanta are also struggling when they defend set pieces. Right. Olympiacos mm. didn't get a single corner kick. Olympiacos <laughs> need to find a way to hit Atalanta's weakness. Yeah. I can only remember that set piece at the end with that. First of all, yeah. why did Ronnie Lopez come on instead of Albuena? That's another question I have. 
I did. It was useful though because the CBS commentator said that it's actually Ronnie Lopes, not Ronnie Lopez. The Portuguese pronunciation is Lopes. Shut up, Lopes. Really? Oh, that's so, news yeah, that's to everyone in the country. This is news to everyone in Greece. Like everyone, I, yeah. I, so, anyways, Ronnie Lopes came on instead of Albena. <laughs> he hit that free kick. Didn't do anything. That's that's another thing, Olympiacos. They need to maintain the lines together. They need to find a way to attack and create danger, but also find a way to create set pieces and and yeah. take advantage of that. It's it, the other. It was the other way around. It was the other way around. We knew mm -hmm. they struggled defending set pieces, and instead they made Olympiacos look yeah. like they were desperate yep. in set pieces, hopeless. God. Yep. No, it's for sure. Go yeah, on. I got a special request from uh, Fetano and actually a couple of DMs as well asking me no if I can make a little placement chart for corners uh, where all the corners went for Atalanta. Um, they so were so I, good. I, I'm, I don't know if yeah. they were in the same spot, blah, blah, blah. But like I sat there and every corner was a chance. Like I yep. haven't seen that in so long in football. Like it was incredible. I I really was impressed with with the whole situation with Atalanta. And I told uh, Costa as well, it would be really nice if you made one of those pressing graphics because I thought Olympia Costa today pressed the first 45 minutes, first 30 minutes, well. as you were talking about the blocks, extremely yeah. well, like the best almost yep. I've seen all season. Yeah. And it just fell off. It was kind of like by the second half, it's like they started shitting their pants. Like we're one nil up in the Bergamo. Like what the hell is yeah. going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's the yeah. problem. Like you saw in the first half, right? For the most part, right? If when Atalanta had the ball, we would sit kind of in around that midfield area and that the circle, right? And then when they got to the circle with the ball, that's when we started to, to move forward. Or if we had numbers forward and the ball was at the goalkeeper, one of the defenders, we went for it. And that, that's what you like to see. That's what old Olympiacos did under Martins in the first two seasons. We pressed like that. Now, in the second half, it was just clear as day. Uh, clear Because you could see, like, all of a sudden there wasn't – we weren't pressuring them even, like, at midfield. We were letting them come in, letting them come in with the ball and just sitting deep, trying to cover the wings, not really doing so hot with that. And, look, there, there's two things. I can tell you – when you're on the field, like when a when a press starts to break down, sometimes if game flow, like depending on how game flow is, and another team is just moving the ball well, sometimes it doesn't work. And your first instinct is to just okay, let's let's get back, let's get shape, and then like if you can get a couple things, then you can get the press back. But the fact that I never saw us like really, especially in the first like 20 minutes of the second half, like getting forward ever it to me that was indicative of this is the game plan we're sitting deep and we're holding this one nothing lead and mm. that that's what concerned me a little bit because you do get a little bit of that like sometimes it's like this is the game plan but it doesn't go well so instinctually you start to to do things and act more negatively on the field that's just how it is but yeah. at the very least if there is some game plan to try and press you should see that happening and we didn't and it's a shame, mm -hmm. but I will say this also, like it is so tough. Like you have to be in incredible physical shape to really I keep was gonna press say, up. The, so it's, but not just and, physically, Adi, the mental, like yeah. Olympiacos fails mentally in Europe a lot of times, because I think, in or in Greece, yeah. like you can take a vacation in your head sometimes like, okay, we're playing Ike, it's big game. Like, but 
like for five, six chances, I need to be full ready. But like other times in the game, you can just coast and you're safe. You know what I mean? And then you have these teams like Atalanta. They can't even coast with Venezia. You know what I mean? Like every game is full, like full, full, full intensity. We could lose this game. We have to be on it. You know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know if the, the press and the running kind of is also a mental thing. Like it's just like we're not used to being this focused for 90 yeah. minutes and i really think that's a real thing for olympiacos and i don't know how anyone even gets over that like i don't know how you prepare for that like well can you it's I don't tough think so. it's tough so like what you're saying right like this is something anybody that's played the game right any of us that have played at a, a semi-competitive level know this right when you play against like worse teams you know uh like there were there were plenty of teams that we played against that, that weren't of that quality. But when you continue to play against them, like you start to you think in your head, uh, I don't need to make this run. Cause these guys aren't that good. This is going to work. But then the problem is when you start playing against better teams, you, you build that habit, right? So then, and you always think, well, when I play against better teams, I'll remember to do it. But when you build a habit, it creeps into these bigger games too. And then you, you're so used to not ha- not doing something that you just stop doing it, even when you're supposed to. And that is a mental thing. And that's really hard to train out of. The only thing you can do, it, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to say that you can successfully train a player to get out of it. Cause it's just so difficult. Like you have to, that player has to be motivated to want to do these things. And habits are really, really hard to break. I had bad habits. And let me tell you, it took a lot for me to break some of them. I mean, Coach Yanni will tell you if you speak to him again that like he would rip into me with like there were some things that just took forever for me to break out of. And that was because I was playing against poorer competition. It, it's really difficult. And I know that we take this for granted a lot, but those type of things are really hard for us to get away from and, and get out of, especially if we start making them habits. Habits are hard to break. And in a league like Greece, where you can form really bad habits really easy as a team like Olympiacos and with players that Olympiacos has, it's only natural that they they show themselves sometimes in Europe. So yeah, Lambro, you're 100% right. That is a huge thing to think of. And it's something that should be on everybody's mind. And that's even more worrying considering that the away goal rule doesn't, exist yeah. anymore and if it but did i don't know if, right that's, now, if like, the away goal thing like ma- because atalanta is going to score one at least one you know what yeah, i mean like it does matter atalanta right and the kariskaki could score two but we could score three you know what i mean like i, I right just, now tikinio's goal is like never happened it's like atalanta won one nil it's like tikinio's goal never happened basically yeah and uh, it's important that you mention the mentality because if olympiacos managed to score and then they manage to keep the lines together and they work harder on set pieces. And that doesn't work out for Atalanta either. They're still the better team. They still have more quality. They still have players with more experience at club level and international level. So if this game goes on, on extra time, they, they can, they, they're the ones that are still the favorites. It's like they're getting yeah. a second opportunity. It's like saying, okay, you know, they scored the away goal, but you know what? You're going to get more opportunities. Olympiacos, I don't think they can last that long. I don't think they can. We saw it with Lutogorets. It didn't go well. And Atalanta are a whole different uh, different ball game. And it's not physical condition that's going to do it. It's mentality. At this stage, it's mentality that does it. 
And I don't think Olympiacos have that much depth, that much character in this team. And there are there are still players, important players, who are still very mediocre. You got uh, Henry Onyekuru, who can only help you up to a point with his pace. You got uh, Kenny Lala and Ole Grebchuk, who are at wing back, much more inferior than what we were used to, Maril Abdelawi and Kostas Tsimikas. And they have no competition. There's literally no one. Karbotnik is not even on the, on the European list. It's them too, and Andruzos, and that's and Kitsos. That's not competition, though, which is something. Obviously, that's another discussion, maybe another podcast episode. The fullback situation needs to be the first thing that that will be resolved in the summer. First thing. I don't care if I don't care if Agibu, Madi, and Larabi all leave at the same time. The fullbacks are the most important uh, part of the team that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And Lambro, more on to your point about the away goals. I don't know if you remember, but a few when they first took the rule away, right? And they took away away goals. I brought up, uh, I went back into Europa League. I went into Champions League. And I looked at every every game where the away goal came, the away goal rule came into play. And when it benefited teams that were uh, top three versus everybody else. And this this rule, the away goal rule, negatively affected teams from top three leagues more than anything else. So they were the ones hurt by this, and that's why they changed the rule. Now, Olympiacos, the away goal rule, while it was still in play, while we were in Europe the last 15 years, or I, I only did it under the Marinakis regime, mm-hmm. it only affected us twice. Once it helped us, and once it hurt us. But mm-hmm. under the Marinakis regime... We only benefited from the away goal rule once. Now, it's funny that the second it goes away, it bites us in the ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, what are you going to, what can you say about that? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it is something that has uh, hurt the top three team, the teams from top three leagues more often than not. Yeah. I got a question, I, man. I'm going to go, go ahead, Lab. No, no, I just I have think, a question on a different subject. You go ahead. I just, I, I don't know. I think it's a whole. I I don't know. Do you think the away goal will come back? I think it probably will. I think uh, hopefully, hopefully. The first it, yeah. game doesn't matter. The first game doesn't matter. The first it game does not matter. Yeah, sense. I was thinking of that. Yeah, as well. It would make more sense to me if they scrapped the away goal rule and had one game on each round, like they do with the FA Cup and the EFL Cup at times. Yeah. What's the point of the first game? Money, obviously, but. Football, football wise, what's the point? It is ridiculous. I mean, let's face it. You know, it's you know, it's a nice little push for the for the top three uh, top three leagues. I mean, Aris uh, put together the stats, and I would advise and I would ask Aris to uh, to publish them one more time on uh, sure. on our social media pages, which is why you should all subscribe, like, and follow <laughs> us on social media as well. That, that was a good. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> But definitely, I think we should share it because, uh, in my opinion, and as a sports journalist, I think it is a it, it is an absolute shame and absolutely atrocious that the away goal rule doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I, look, I agree with you too. But the the reason they got away from it, there was one there was one calculation they made. Right, they did a comparison uh, year over the course of the last like thirty years. Right to to see how how on average. How many goals are scored when a team plays home versus how many goals a team scores when they play away? And in the last few years, they've seen that there's almost no difference between how many goals are scored home and away. 
And because of that, they said, well, there's no reason to have the away goal because there's we score the same number of goals home and away. That's literally the reason why they took the took it away. They they tweeted it. They're like average is like 1.1 at home and 0.9 away. There's no difference. Yeah, that's the average. And that and that's what they used. And that's when I decided to do that. Because like this is the dumbest the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. There's a real reason why they do it. But of course they just pawn it off on that a lazy reason. And it's, it's, it's awful. Cause if you get more specific and get context out of it, you see that, Oh no, 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 no. There are teams that are more affected by it. And it's the teams in the top three leagues. So it's as plain and simple as that. I would like to ask you, I'd like to um, to back up on, on the mentality issue. And I want your opinion about this. Atalanta, just ended a five-game winless record that extended for over a month. That was their first victory. So, in a way, Olympiacos resurrected them. Maybe. Yeah. How do you think that's going to affect the second leg? Like, are they going to? Are they? Do they have confidence now? Do they? Are they? Are they back to their best? Or does that does that count for shit? Basically, depends what happens this weekend with their league game, right? If Atalanta comes out in this weekend in their league game, and who are they, they playing? Uh, I can look that up. I have I mean, no idea off the top of my head. But if I they come out you. and it doesn't matter who they it play is, uh, Fiorentina, Fiorentina on Thursday, yeah, who, so, who, who knocked them out of the Coppa Italia? Right. So if they They're come out away, and slap, so. if they come out and slap Fiorentina, right? Or what did my coach used to say? Skull drag them. Then. <laughs> We have that's a WWE move right there. Skull drag. That sounds real bad. Finisher. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're in trouble. Like if they come out and they are flying this weekend. Oh, my friend, there's I've got no hope going in, you know, at at the Kariskaki. And that's the problem. That's not a full Kariskaki. Like it's 15,000 people. You know what I mean? Like if it was full Kariskaki, like 33,000 hot atmosphere, TIFO, like people. You know what I mean? Like, I think we could do it, but 15,000 people, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the, the title of this video is like, can Olympiacos do it? Like, can they do it? Yeah. Is it likely? No. no. We knew that from the draw. I mean, right. we knew Atalanta it from the draw. were probably the toughest, Atalanta were probably the, the, the toughest team Olympiacos could have drawn from that group of but also atalanta i think after tonight is almost like a shark with blood in the water they're like yeah "Mm, we have these guys like we figured it out like martins threw out this weird wacky lineup with onya kuru and blah 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 but like "Mm, we got them like we know their limits you know what i mean i felt like they were just like a shark you know when someone's like injured in the water and they were just like kind of just going around and testing them like hitting them with like a shark hitting them to test like oh how how much can this person resist before they just yep. finish you you know what i mean like i think they were just they were just testing us i i really do believe that i uh, i don't know if that reference maybe it's the hawaii me coming out but like <laughs> that's that's like something i could just feel like yeah. it, it's it's this team that was just like mm, like let me figure this out like how alive is this person before i go in and kill them you know i don't know yeah. i just feel they're like a killer team I yeah it makes we'll sense see. especially second half man i got that feeling also like first five ten minutes it was that's what it felt like it's like we yeah. the further back we stayed the more they're like oh here we go you know what i mean that's i 
I agree with that a hundred percent. But yeah. uh, what do you make of this question here from Lex Henry as wingback, kind of like Versailles? Fuck no, fuck no. <laughs> Just like I, I cannot like I. I what I will tell you, like all these people, like Onyakuru fraud, like Onyakuru, whatever this means, out. Like <laughs> I, I will say something. Like we hate him. He's not very good. He wasn't worth the five million. But if Olympiacos goes through next week, Henry Onyakuru will play a role. You heard it again here. Like I'm telling you, those runs, and one of these. Fucking goals will go in. Like he hasn't scored since freaking July, August. He has to score at some point. Like surely he has to score. Like I don't know. We'll see. That wasn't his worst game. That was actually one of his better games. Yes, yeah, the first I, half was that, fantastic. First half too, for yeah. the missed chance. Like yeah. Okay. Also, no, they don't also I see this, but like, it's not a loser's mentality. It's just reality a bit. Does that make sense? Like it's like. No, if you want to see a loser, teams in Italy park the bus against this team, Atalanta. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's no, not like... actually they actually they have adapted over there. They, they that's what we're talking about with Yorgos that yeah. Atalanta have basically forced the end of Catenaccio in Italy because you have to adapt yeah. in a different manner yeah. with them. But if you want to see a club with a loser's mentality, well, you can see some other some other Greek teams playing in Europe. Olympiacos do okay. not have a loser's mentality, but they're still working on their European identity, and that's something that takes. A long time to forge, especially if you're not in the top five leagues in the world. It's right. difficult. It's so difficult. And um, tonight was good. Like, I, I, I really, like, wasn't great. But Olympiacos has hope. You know, of course. I the longtime listeners will know this is my favorite thing. Do you have hope? Olympiacos just went to Bergamo and survived let's say that they 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 got scraped but they survived and they have hope they're coming back to greece and they have hope and they have olympiacos fans with them 50 percent of the stadium i know it's not ideal like we can cry about this but olympiacos is looking down the probability that they are only one goal down in the kariskaki one goal and it's zero zero and it's all to play for. You know what I mean? So yeah. Coming into this tie, that's all you're asking for. You want a chance in the Kariskaki. That's what you want, right? This is like this is what you want. Like, whatever the fuck happened tonight, who gives a shit? If it was three or four one, we're fucked. We're crying on here. Shit went bad. We have a chance. That's the most important thing. And that's all the only thing Olympiacos fans should really take from tonight. Olympiacos held. It held, and it's going to Greece with a chance, and that's all you want. That's all you want when you're a team outside top five league, when you're playing a team that's in the top four in Italy, top five. This is fantastic. I don't know. I enjoy watching Serie A quite a bit. It's quite a good league. So this is what we wanted coming in. Look at the previews. We said, like, fuck, let's just not get destroyed here. (laughs) Like, let's uh, let's hold them, you know? And we held. We freaking held. So now whatever happens in Gariskaki, we're halfway there. You know, we 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 did the first part. Now let's see, let's see what we can do. That's my point of view. Like if I could sum up the night in like one paragraph, that's it. Like we held. We held Henry shit, blah 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 shit, blah 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 shit. But Olympiacos has a chance next week 
in the Kariskaki with 50% supporters, but okay, 50% supporters Olympiakos is like a full Tottenham Hotspur stadium. So what does that say? So <laughs> uh, we'll see. I think we're looking for Man City. That I'm, I'm Man a lot City, more whatever, yeah. I'm a lot more hopeful, actually, than I was before yes. tonight. I'm a lot more hopeful right now. And Atalanta also exposed some weaknesses. You, they can be caught in the counterattack. They do leave the center backs behind. go too forward. The center backs are too. really bad on the ball. And mm. Olympiacos have managed to find a way to press them without leaving space behind. And they can also create the offside trap. That's something we didn't, we didn't, we didn't discuss. Olympiacos managed to create some really good offside traps. And it showed with that goal in the first half that didn't count. And that was crucial because if that goal had gone in just before halftime, they'd be coming in with a lot of confidence. And the exactly. Dewey Stadium would have been boiling. Yeah, Olympiacos did what they couldn't do in Frankfurt. They held. If Olympiacos didn't concede in Frankfurt right before halftime, would it have been different? I think it would have. But probably, probably. That's probably. that's why they lost in Frankfurt. Exactly. Very good, Labro. Yeah. That's why they lost. I, and I said it at halftime. I, I remember I went up because Costa was sitting above me in Frankfurt. I was with my friends from here, and I went up to him and I said, "The game's over. That goal we conceded at halftime's it. That's the killer." And Costa was like, yeah, I agree. I remember it very clearly because it was just, we were like, hold. Like, Olympiacos fans were willing the team. Like, hold, hold, hold. Get to halftime. Like, and they didn't. And you saw the players and they were just walking off like this. You know what I mean? Like, you yep. knew it was over at that point. You were like, fuck. So when they got to halftime and I ruled that goal offside, I said, okay, we can we can hold this to respect. And the thing when I say hold this, I didn't think we were going to win at halftime. I thought we were going to lose probably, but I was like, just keep it within one goal, and that's what we did. And right. We're that's good to go. Never, never concede before halftime. If you're close to halftime, don't it's concede. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. That's the rule. Exactly. And look, yeah. in the end, like I said, in the end, I think most of us expected this result. But deep down, we just wanted it to stay close because that was the only way we were going to have a chance in hell when we came back to Greece to finish this thing out. This team, we have to say this team does and under Martins have an interesting identity when it comes to like second leg revitalizations. It doesn't always surprise, mean we man. win, you know. We don't always win the tie, well, but we always come back and do something. In the Kariskaki with Arsenal and came back like yeah. Olympia, this the Olympiacos of Martins is can sometimes not be the be most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the world, but this it season, has something where where you're like, oh my god, this team's not going to die. Like I'm not happy like with Martins' decision making, but I have a feeling like with the Olympiacos of Martins, like. This team's never dead, you know? Like, I never feel like this yeah. team is... Never dead. ruled out. Right. Exactly. Here's an, here's an interesting question from Platon Papas. I don't know if you guys talked about it before I came in, but no, no. Uh, can you comment on Manolas' appearance fantastic. today? Fantastic. Uh, Socrates, he said. Manolas, fantastic tonight. Just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to remind everybody also, don't forget, against Ike, Manolas was, had an injury. He was nursing an injury that he sustained in warm-up. So, and as far as as far as I know, like that didn't just go away. It he was like treating it, but that's still something that he he was carrying into this game today. So just something to remember there, guys. So Manola also has been dealing with an injury that he ha has had this week. 
So yeah. all, all in all, like, and look, we can complain about the set. Adi, this defending. leads me to a good point. Pedro Martins cannot make the mistake that he made, I think, last year, last season, and play Manolas or Socrates or Cisse against Volos. Yeah. Do you remember last season? Maybe it was the before the first leg in Arsenal. He played Socrates injured, and yep. we didn't have a single center back in the game with Arsenal. Just yep. please... Don't risk it this weekend away at Volos. Like, and we know how Volos is as a team. Like, just don't risk it. You know what I mean? Like, we want to see Olympiacos give it a go on Thursday, and we need to be full strength to do that. I hope Manolas rests. I hope Socrates rests, and let's give it a go. That's really all I've got to say for the rest of the night. You know, that's it. Let's yeah. give it a go next week. Exactly. Job done. Let's do it next week. That's it. Yep. I hear you. Oh, we have uh, uh, Dimitris Gravaris came back. Uh, I'll take a quick step back, guys. If you remember that mentality discussion we had, there was a comment from Dimitris Gravaris that started that with, he said, we have such a loser's club mentality. I pray that we don't score early because after a goal, we park the bus and lose. And then we had our discussion and he follows it up with, but wait, when the score was 0-0, we pressed, made good runs forward after the goal Tequino was alone. So I think that what he means by loser mentality is that we we were a goal up and then sat back uh, afterwards. You know, we stopped playing with the tempo that we had and we sat back and invited pressure and lost. So I think that's that's what he meant by loser's mentality. I Again... I didn't like that fact either. I think that was the the goal from Martins, but I this team can't keep up a press also for 90 minutes. If Ernesto Valverde couldn't have a team keep up a press for 80, 90 minutes, there's no way Martins can do it. Um, but look, either way, I don't like that we sit back when we go up a one-goal lead or even a two-goal lead. I don't like that. We need to try and maintain the tempo as much as we can. But we do have to be a little bit realistic about what we can and cannot do with this team. And we know this team has limits. We're we're playing within the limits. This team can barely win one nil with Ionicos, Atromitos. What are we we saying? Like, Olympiacos are going to go to Italy and play Real Madrid, uh, whatever? Like... When it can't go on the weekend and can barely beat Ike, like, come on, guys, like, let's be serious. Like, we just got the result we needed. We got the result we needed. One goal. That's it. We go to Karishaki. We have hope. That's it. Like, this team has yeah. been shit all season. Like, what more do we expect? Olympiacos to go to Bergamo and do the miracle and blah blah blah. This team has been shit all season. Like, what do we expect? Not shit. Underwhelming. Yeah. Let me say that. Underwhelming. The they're still undefeated, which says a lot about the Greek. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it says a lot about Greek football. I and you know what is something I, I, I brought it up. Like you watch Pauk at 645 today play with uh Mid-Atland, Mid-Atland, whatever. Mid-Atland. And it's like fuck this team passes slower than Sunday league. Like it's like oop, they're just passing the ball to have the ball. It's like oop. Oop. And that was like such Greek football right there. It's just like, yep. we're just passing the ball because we have the ball. Like, oh, my God. And this yeah. guy's going to be waiting for pizza all night, Costa. This, <laughs> that's it. Oh, you so, you, you disrespected the lady in the interview. She told you, man, don't rush her on a prediction. You rushed her for the 3-2, man. Come on. 
If you guys haven't seen the video of Costa interviewing the the restaurant lady it. who was on Copa 90, the famous lady. Now yep, he's cursed. His pizza is never coming. They they you know what they did with the pizza? Little late for pizza. No, what it's only 1:30 in the morning. It's perfect time uh, for it's pizza. Never too late. <laughs> never too late for pizza. Yeah. But um, um Platon Papa's here. Am I the only one seeing it, or is there a fitness stamina problem with most yeah, of our players? We brought this up, man. No, like, we've it's yeah, yeah. There is. There is one. From the beginning you of the go, season, guys. Yeah. yeah. You go play Atromitros and then you go play Atalanta. Are you serious? Is this real? Yeah. But uh yeah. I um do we yeah. Here, do we do this? Do we wrap it up? Man of the match, go. Let's just three. wrap it up, yeah, guys. Let's do it, guys. Let's do it. All right, go yeah. go first. Uh, I'm going first. Excellent. Unless you, uh, unless you want me to go first, it's up to you. <laughs> Whatever you're comfortable with. No, nah, no, nah, I'll go for it. Uh, man of the match. That is actually quite a difficult. Um, that is quite a difficult grade because Tiquinho kind of uh, disappeared after a little while. Yep. I, I thought that Gibukamara was very vibrant, um, uh, both on his attacking and uh, his defensive duties, because he was uh, looking up with Envila in. Uh, at, uh, in in uh, central midfield, and that's something we don't often see from him. But the defense was also well, with exception of the uh, of the set pieces, they were really good. So I'm between somewhere between Agibu Manolas and Papsise, who was uh, very um, clinical in uh, in his defending. I think I'm going to go. Who am I going to go with? I don't even know who I'm going to go with. I'm just going to go with uh, with Manolas. I feel like. He put together a solid performance. Without him, it would have been much worse. The, the spaces, the marking, uh, the, 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 the physicality wouldn't have been there. I feel like he kept some key players uh, quiet. He won some very important challenges. So I'm going to go with Manolas. As for coaches, great. Um, he didn't win. That's why I'm, he's not going to be in the A. But I, I'm giving him a B plus because he played against a much more superior team kept them completely quiet, kept them very quiet on open play and con conceded through two set pieces that he shouldn't have. I'm going to give him a B plus because not a bad result against a much superior team that took Manchester United to the holy limit and missed the Champions League qualification the last 16 by this much. So yeah, B plus. Mm. Yeah, Lamba, I, I, I think I have to give it to um, Cosas Manolas. The different. I was thinking while watching tonight, like, how different would tonight have been if Ruben Semedo was playing in that position, like instead of Manuelas, and I was just like, huge, like the mistakes, the stupid child mistakes, you know, like Manuelas was epic tonight. I say I thought the same thing for with Socrates, like this was. I was thinking watching Cisse, Manuelas, and Socrates, like. Wow, this is uh, this is fantastic back three. Like this is so good in Europe. This sort of these sort of players, I thoroughly enjoyed them all night. Um, and but I would give it to Manolas because I was really impressed. I thought he was fantastic tonight. I also think Jan and Via did a lot of dirty work tonight that I don't think a lot of people were writing about. Like I think people were talking about his fitness. Is he up to it? And I fucking think he passed the test. And I'll say something. I think. I think Jan and Via could play in a lot of big European teams. I still think he has it. I really do. I I, I think he's a fantastic player. But po coach is great. I'm just I'm. He's gonna be in the B range for me, but I I'm gonna go lower B. I'm gonna go B minus, and it's only because 
I think we all saw Gasperini saw the first half and said, okay, Olympiacos surprised me. Like they did something different. Like I need to change the system. And he reacted and he made the two subs. And I, I do think Muriel may have been a knock, but I don't know. Anyway, he changes things slightly. And Cooper Myers, fantastic player as well. And Atalanta comes out and plays fantastic. And Pedro Martins didn't react. I got a message from one of my friends and said, um, is Martin sleeping tonight? Like at around 55th minute, he said, we need the change now. And I think some of us were saying the same thing and it's true. And it, it let Olympiacos down. I, but let's say you, you put in Mari Camara for Onyekuru in the 55th minute. Does that stop the corner from being scored? Um, I don't know. I, I think he made mistakes, but honestly, Olympiacos lost by one goal in Bergamo with one of the worst Olympiacos teams I've seen in like four years. So what I'm going to say, give him an F like, I don't know guys. Like I, and you guys have all read my article about Pedro Martins in the state of Olympiacos at the moment. Like I'm not the big cheerleader, but come on, this is a fantastic result. So B minus, I think is fair for Martins tonight. The game plan worked in the first half. He got it right. We, you have to say he got it right. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I I agree with that. Man of the match for me also. I want to give a shout to a midfield combo that I did not have high expectations from. When I saw that uh, we were doing 3-4-3 three, three with Agibu and Jan and Vila, I was like, what in God's name is this? This is going to be porous. We have Swiss cheese coming. Uh, but no, they kept it tight, especially in the first half. They did some good things, and they moved the ball well around. Uh, so I'm going to give them a shot, but also, yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those games where our defense really stuck out, kept things tight. So, uh, I will also give uh man of the match to Manola as well. I thought he did some great things. Uh, we've all pointed out the set piece issues that we had today, but all in all, like keeping it two one guys, uh, you know, this is this team that we played against is very high tempo and can keep this thing up a lot longer than we can. So we do have to remember that. Um, as far as coaches grade for Pedro Martins, yeah, the, the starting game plan worked out well, better than I expected. And we have to give that to him. I do think he reacted too slowly. I never thought we could keep pace with Atalanta the whole game. I thought we needed substitutions. He made them slow. Martins was really slow. Now, when he did make the subs, I thought he made the right ones. The problem is they were just a little bit too slow for me. So all in all, uh, that being said, he does he did lose, like Costa said earlier, so that does impact the great. He was too slow with the things, even though he did them right. So it's not going to be like a D or C for me. But again, I'm I'll stick with, I think, a solid B. Because I think overall the game plan was there. If you were expecting us to go toe-to-toe with this Atalanta team for 90 minutes and press high for 90 minutes, it's never happening. You need to really, really, really reevaluate your expectations for Libyakos. Um, That's not to say that Martins did everything right, but it's just to say that, look, guys, this team is just, when it comes to competition, is on another planet than we are, especially this year. So, and... When again, I'm not saying that you should necessarily accept what we're seeing from Olympiacos this season. We're just all saying like this is this team can't be fixed right now. This is a rebuild for the summer, especially on the flanks. Costa, you already brought it up. Things need to be done, especially on the fullback position. Things need to change. But for what we have, you think about it. Everything could change this summer. Yeah, 
Henry true, so. is probably gone. Lopez is off yep. on loan. Yogos Masuras is linked with moves abroad too, like if I remember correctly. But let's yeah. say Masuras stays. What that leaves you with 39 year old Mathieu Valbuena and Vrusai. Gary Rodriguez is there as well. But uh, Gary Rodriguez. Sena uh, Gibor linked with the Premier League, as per my exactly. sources. Olympiacos. Will be linked soon. Olympiacos is going to need, need to do it. I, 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 I just think. This is the best Olympiacos has to offer this season. Can they do it? Costa's right in here. We're going to need a miracle. I, I've seen Olympiacos do crazier things in my life. So, And I see we Italians are still joining us. Thank you to our Italian. I don't know if they're not really fans, but thank you for dropping by. Qualification still open. Atalanta has all the strikers injured. See you guys next week for Atalanta. I would say... I think Muriel is in. I, I looked at Twitter and there's talk that Muriel is in yeah. a bad condition, may not travel next week, but that's like early prognosis. So if Muriel does not travel, that's left with Boga, Jeremine Boga, but he's not a striker. Like he played there tonight, but, yeah, but um, very interesting. Olympiacos have to score though. Yeah. That's going to be tough. But anywho, you know what? That's and next week. Le- Finally, to shout out, if anyone knows how to get a ticket next week, hit us in the DMs because I'm looking for a ticket for for the Atalanta game. So if anyone can slide me a ticket to the Atalanta game, you know, Gate 7 International will give you a shout out on the pod. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's all we can offer, but there you go. Guys, uh, as we sit here and we get ready to close up, please don't forget, if you haven't done it already, to like and subscribe. Hit the button. Follow us on social media. Help us grow this Libyakos community. It continues to get bigger and bigger daily. Uh, we get people checking in with us literally all over the world. We love it. It's fantastic. A lot of people also trying to find out where they can meet other Libyakos fans. So this is what we wanted from this. We want to connect people, people trying to figure out how to get tickets to the game. They DM us all the time about it. Guys, if you are one of those people, remember, sign up with your local fan club. That's the best way you can get tickets for some of these away games. And send us messages, too. You want to find other Libyakos fans in your area? We've met plenty of them. We can connect you with everybody that we've met so far. We've all the different zip codes now. We have Libyakos fans, so please hit us up. Please like, please subscribe, please follow us, and help please grow this community. Guys, I don't know if you have anything else, but... Uh, if you do say now, let me hit it real quick. Um, Costa did do a match vlog, so we're getting the behind the scenes in Bergamo this Sunday. We hope it comes out. Peter, the editor, let's go, Birdman, as he's better known, will be doing the editing. <laughs> he's gonna kill me when I said that, but anyway, uh, Peter will do the editing. We have match vlogs, we're gonna do more previews and. Thank you also again, Filippo, very nice guy. Of course, always we try to keep Thank it. Thank you always for joining successful. us, Filippo. Thank you for joining us and always enjoy having opposing fans who are not Palk fans in the comment section. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we'll just end on that note. Uh, thank you everyone for listening so far. Um, this is Gate 7 International, your number one source for Olympiacos in English. 
And we'll be catching you real soon. Match vlog on Sunday. Previews to come out next week. Please like and subscribe like always. Donate if you want. That's a thing now. Please do that. Anyway, have a good night, everyone. Ciao, ciao. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL, Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.